Support for WVIK comes from Kathleen Collins at the Dragonfly in Bettendorf. Using both conventional and alternative counseling methods for empowerment to help create change for individuals and couples. More information is at KathleenCollinsCounseling.com. A visitor from Canada today on Scribble. Welcome to Scribble, 30 minutes of conversation, comments, and reviews on reading and writing, editing, publishing, and selling books. I'm Rebecca Wee. And I'm Don Wooten. Quad City and Teresa LaBella is now writing books in Canada, but she's here today on Scribble. What prompted the move, Teresa? My husband was Canadian, and when we got married, we first we did live in Toronto for a while, but we came back to the Quad Cities, and we were going to be here for, oh, five, maybe seven years, and 19 years later, he said, okay, that's it, I want to go home. <laughs> so we, we decided uh, to make the move, and it was in August of 2019 when we actually moved, so we, were, we oh. got in ahead of COVID. Sure. And uh, we moved to rural Nova Scotia. My husband had lived in Toronto most of the time when he was in Canada, but he'd also lived in, in Halifax for a couple of years. So he wanted to be near the ocean. He was British, uh-huh. so he wanted to be close to the ocean again. And that's why we made the decision to move there. Uh-huh. But and, and regrettably, he passed away recently. He did. It's, it's, it was so tragic. I mean, here's this, this man who was so looking forward to going uh-huh. home. And we had plans. My husband was a was a filmmaker. He's a documentarian, and mm-hmm. he had just you know we'd started to make the connections for him and also for me as being an author. We'd gotten a book club together, and we'd made some connections oh. in in the community and in business. And he had uh, hooked up with the people who do the uh, Lunenburg. Uh, documentary festival every year, wow. which is a very, you know, yeah. very good documentary festival. And it just really started to get going on that. And then here came COVID. Yeah. So that sort of backed everything out. And yes, just when things were looked like things were going to start turning around, he was diagnosed with uh, terminal cancer oh. and died about 10 months later, last May. So, isn't it, isn't it oh, interesting I'm so that... Sorry. John wanted to go home, and he got home in time to pass away. Yeah, and and I've, I I felt obviously very bad about that, but and I thought how how the irony of that whole thing, yeah. and now there I am. Yeah, now you're that thirteen hundred miles and a border away from what was my home, but. It has been put into perspective for me from people who live there saying, well, you know, you gave him that. Mm-hmm. He had the yeah. gift of getting to come back home for exactly. too short of a time. But he but was he, there. Yeah, but he did get to come home. And now I sort of look at that at home, although now I'm back here. It's like so it is very good to be back in the Quad Cities, although for a short time. But it, it this was home for me for most of my life. It's so, my, are you going to stay in Nova Scotia? I'm yeah. For now, I'm going to be staying in Nova Scotia. It's uh, it's a beautiful community. I have made friends there. Good. 
and uh, I have connect. I now have a publisher. Okay. So out of Halifax. Okay. So because I had been, my husband had been my publisher. I'd been self-published, and then oh, okay. he did the publishing. So now that I've started to make those connections there, I think for now, yes, I'm. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to look at that as being my home base. Well, you have certainly settled in because you produced a novel about politics in Canada for Pete's sake. Yes. (laughs) You were just in a hurry. Yeah, it was very fascinating. When I left the Quad Cities, I had uh, one novel that was pretty close to being completed. That was The Unmatchable's first novel, which was a a romantic suspense that was set in Chicago. Okay. And after I got up there, then we finished that, got that one published. And I started working on the second Unmatchables, which is the one that's going to be published by Purple Porcupine Publishing out of <laughs> Halifax. And uh, the, the, everything for the political novel started coming through. What I was trying to do, this is one of these best laid plans thing, I was going to be doing a uh, writing a, a cozy mystery of someone, of a woman who was Canadian, had been in the States for years and decided to come back home, and then she moves back and she meets a, an RCMP officer and do that sort of cozy mystery thing. That's what I was trying to write, and it just never worked. I kept backing away from it, and I would rewrite it, and I probably tried that three times and said, all right, what's wrong with this thing? And what came back at me was, well, you're writing the wrong story. The story you need to be writing... The RCMP officer is not an RCMP officer out of Liverpool, Nova Scotia. He is the director of Parliamentary Protective Service in Ottawa. The young woman who has come back to Canada never left. She is actually the prime minister's chief of staff. And then here came the prime minister saying, this is my story. That was the Evan Reed character that I wrote into the book. And what was amazing about it is the other books that I've written, because I've written romance novels, which were set in, in uh, New York City and then small town Iowa and then moved in, to Scotland. Okay. And then wrote the Unmatchable series, which was in Chicago. And those books all took me quite some time. I mean, I did some research and did get mm-hmm. to visit some of these places, but they all took quite a bit of time to write. This political thriller took nine months from beginning to end, and it was done. It just... Came at you. Came, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. It just came at me. And now I'm writing the second in that series. Okay. So that has has started to roll, too. And when I get back, I'll, everything's been when I get back. I've been leading up to coming here and doing my visit. <laughs> and then when I get back, I will really dedicate myself to completing your, that your novel. Your most recent book, The Political Thriller in Canada, is uh, Capital Strings. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And... Uh, the notices I've seen have been positive, so it look. Uh, do you have uh, any idea how you're faring as a bookseller in Canada? Well, because of COVID, uh, oh, yeah. some yeah. some people did really well. With me being brand new, and sure. a lot of what I had, how I had sold books in the past, being self-published and then small-published through my husband, was to go out and do personal yeah. appearances. Book, yep. you know, go to the bookstores, do readings. Go to the bookstores, do conferences, do workshops, and that sort of thing around in, in Iowa mm-hmm. and Illinois, primarily. So I got there and it just started to lay that groundwork, and that got pulled out from underneath me. So did pretty well as far as sales with uh, – the political thriller because I was there, but yeah. uh, now because I have a publisher 
That's that's going to be very That'll, helpful yep. to start getting a bit of a push there, although you still have to do all your own marketing. We, I'm sure you've heard of that from authors oh, yeah. that have come yeah. in here. Yeah. I'm still doing, and I have been warned from my publisher, you know, hey, I'm only one person. You uh. still have to take charge of this. And that's hard for some writers. I it don't is. know if it is for you, but there's something that goes against what? Wanting to sell yourself, I guess. You want the book to do well, but yeah, it's easier if someone else does that. Yeah, I, I think it. it's wanting to put all the energy towards the writing part yeah, of it and yeah. being creative and not looking at marketing as being exactly. creative, which it is. And my background pre- yeah, private, uh, previous to that was in uh, media. Yeah. So, you know, so I did all of that kind of and worked in nonprofit organizations. So I had to do that yeah. kind of marketing and promotion and things. So I'm not foreign to it. Yeah. But yeah. It, it can be. It, it, it takes a lot of time yeah. to sell yourself. It does. You, as I recall, you did a series, A New Life in, in, um, in Love. Yes. Uh, and that, so this is really quite a change from that, isn't it? Yeah. I looked at that and thought, I wanted to get out of the romance. I loved writing the romance. I mean, it's, but I wanted to challenge myself to mm-hmm. really stretch, which is when I got into the suspense and into the obviously the political thriller was a real stretch. Because it's very different. You get asked as as an author a lot of times when I'm talking to, in front of groups, which I'm going to be starting to do in Canada too. I, I've already have something committed up there when I get when I get back. But the question will be: Are you a pantser or a plotter? Huh. And I used to be a pantser, which is the person who sits down and writes from the seat of their pants. Which you can do that, you know, when mm-hmm. in romance, because romance is very is very simple. It's it's a relationship that then has conflict, and then yeah. you work through the conflict, and it's either happily ever after or happy for now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then you get in. When you start writing suspense and thriller, now you better. Have, have an idea where you're going with that. Uh-huh. You better plan something out or it's going to go off the rails. <laughs> well, what's interesting is when you were describing just a minute ago about, you know, this char- the characters kind of seem to be dictating. Oh, that's yes. what you said. You know, this character, instead of being this, wanted to be or decided to be this. And so you're kind of just keeping up with. With the character. With the character? Is that yeah. how it felt? Oh, that's absolutely. For me, all stories begin and end with character. Yeah. They just do. Um, the great Stephen King mm-hmm. says, you start with a situation, you create the characters, and you drop the characters into that situation. That's how you write it. And my characters, they they do, they, they dictate the story. Yeah. Literally. I mean, there will be yep. times I've been also been asked, why oh, I have trouble with dialogue. What do you, how do you do dialogue? So if you know your characters backward, forward, and inside out, which is what I do, I do a very, very detailed character description, most of which is not going to go into the novel, but I know those characters. Yeah. So they will tell me what they're going to say. What they're going to say. And, and if how. I start to write oh. it and I start, I'm in a scene and they'll say, oh, no, 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 There's, this is not working. This is what I would do. Or if I don't know what's going on, I'll sit back and say, all right, tell me. Talk to me. And they do. That's always fascinated me. I think the first time I, in college or maybe high school, heard about that phenomenon for fiction writers, it was Alice Walker, I think, who who said, you know, I just have to keep up with what, (laughs) you know, what they're telling me and what they want to do. And I just find that fascinating. Yeah, it is. It's. it's I don't understand creative writing. I really don't. (laughs) But, it is uh, hard to describe. I it mean, is. it's it's and it's different for everybody, but there are certain 
similarities. I just I know a lot of fiction writers who talk about the the characters kind of dictating and tell, it's like you're a scribe trying to keep up mm-hmm. with something that doesn't feel like it comes from you. I remember when uh, reading about Richard Wagner, who wrote his libretti, and for The Ring, and uh, he said, "What I started out with." isn't what I expected to happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And he said as the story unfolded, all of a sudden it went ways that I didn't that expect. I didn't plan, yep. And I think that must be a very interesting phenomenon. I think what you were describing where you kind of had to, it wasn't working the way you were trying right. to do it, and suddenly it's it changes direction when you figure out a character. You figure out this person isn't meant to be this, and... Um, but that is hard to describe, and okay. and it's scary if 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 you've had that happen, to think will it always happen? Will it happen next time? And or then what? you have people saying, well, that sounds very uh, is that some form of mental illness? I'm yeah, like, yes, yeah. So we've got we got voices in our head, so I yeah. suppose you can say that. But that's part of the creative process. Well, exactly. creativity, uh, you know, fine line, I suppose, between mm-hmm. creativity and insanity. I think, I think they have treatments for that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but you actually hear about writers who go on antidepressants or something and then can't do their art, you oh, know, wow. can't, are just kind of muffled or quieted or something that, you know, is good because you won't leap out the window of the fourth floor. But if you can't write, you know, that's... that's you know a- what's frustrating? Sometimes when I'm in an alpha state, half asleep, half awake, I'll start off on something and I'll be composing a column in my head mm-hmm. that is perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when I wake up, it is gone. It's gone. Uh-huh. Right. Exactly. I'm trying to think, how did this go? Yeah. What was I? Or have you ever written things down, right, when you wake up and you sort of go back to sleep and think what you were just describing? And then you look at what you wrote and think, this <laughs> is insane. Why did I think it was interesting? But, yeah, that state of... Almost awake, almost asleep is kind of interesting. Yeah, but writing, writing has is very therapeutic, and it's yes. helped me out quite a bit through the entire grief process. Oh, for, I bet. For the first time, I'm really I'm journaling, which oh. I had not done that before. I did, of course, back in my adolescent years when sure, everybody sits yeah, down yeah, yeah. and you know does that whole thing. But I had not done that, and I found myself that was reading to me. Authors have to read. I mean, you just mm-hmm. have to. And I've been reading a, an author, a Canadian author, his name is Terry Fallis. And he writes a journal at the end of each one of, like a journal entry at the end of each one of his chapters. And Mm -hmm. what that is, is the character who's writing to his deceased wife and saying, you know, my love, this is what's going on in my life now. And this is what, (laughs) how I've been able to accept this or how I'm being able to move forward. And I'm really enjoying this, but I still miss you. And I've been doing that with my husband because I was reading that saying, that's, a perfect way of journaling. So I'll do that. I'll write to him and say, this is what's what's going on and how I'm feeling now. And I, yes, I miss you, but I'm going, I'm doing this. And coming back to the Quad Cities was definitely one of those things. I w- I'm sure if he were to come back, he'd say, you did what? And you're where? Well, I, but I felt this need, yeah, of course. this pull to come back here yeah. and as a friend of mine in, in Nova Scotia said, yeah, you need to go back and decide with that door, you close it softly this time, you know, in love and in peace, not slamming it in anger, because I really fought moving. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, I was resisting that, but he wanted to do that so bad. So, all right, we did that. He's he's put up with me for 19 years in, in the Quad Cities. I suppose I can go yeah. home with him. And yes, that's what this is about now is just to come back and say, okay, this was who I was. This is where I yeah. was and bless it, bless this place. I'm glad I came back. I'm glad I made those connections again and just see where life takes me from here. Yeah. Have you started, you mentioned you started another novel, right? Yes. Uh, is this going to be a political thing? Yes, this is Capital <laughs> Ties from Capital Strings. This picks up from where Capital yeah. Strings left off. My books follow a theme, and the Capital Strings was the theme of uh, gun control, of course. Okay. And all of that. Well, now it was like, all right, what theme am I going to take capital ties in? And because hate speech is so strong yeah. right now, that's oh, that's yeah. something that's being that's the theme of this of this book. Day. That sounds like a excellent move. And so you are plotting at least yes. that much. Oh yes, right? I'm definitely plotting. No, yeah. I've, this yeah. time I I've learned my lesson. Now, uh-huh. <laughs> when I when I was with doing capital <laughs> strings, I just did an outline, and yeah, okay, that sort of worked. But now I'm doing an actual narrative and really writing it out and saying, this is where the scenes are going to fall. This is where it's going to go. So you have a chart or something, at least, in your head. Yeah, I'm, but... I'm getting an idea of, uh-huh. of where that narrative... And actually, because of the way I'm writing the narrative, I can pull it out and drop it in to the scenes oh, nice. and, I'm, and polish it up, clean it up, make it fit. But So you really are in. doing something quite different, which oh, must yes. feel exciting. It is. It's, yeah. Well, the, I think the whole writing process is exciting, no matter what it is you're writing. Well, well uh, do you write every day or uh, do I, you write in spurts? Or I what? have been, I would say because of what my I, I went through as far as my personal life, it's been more in spurts. But, you know, I'd have days where I'd be very creative and I'd write like 25, 2600 words. And then I'd have days where it was just, it was a struggle to come up with a paragraph. Yeah. But I do try and write something every day, whether it's a journal entry, whether yep. it's, I've just, I submitted a short story to the CBC. Oh, good for you. So I would say, okay, I'm going to put the novel aside because now this is coming to me and I'd write the sh- a short story. This. and. So yes, I do try and write every day. I think that's important. It's 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 keeping that writer's muscles, you know, mm-hmm. flexed and strong. Certainly, well, what we tell our students in the writing classes <laughs> sure. it's like you have to make a space for it every yeah. day. Yes, you know how to write, but you don't know how to write this way, and you have to practice it like you have to practice anything else. Yes. You know? Well, of course, that's my excuse. I have no discipline. <laughs> so, <laughs> so well, <laughs> if. Uh, it's true. You know, it's odd when I think about it. When I used to walk to work in the early years, before we had a car or even a bicycle, I would take a different route every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go one way and come back another, and the next day try to find another. Another way. I yeah. ran out of different streets, so I'd go through alleys. <laughs> well, that's how you discover things, I think. I, I, I think I travel that way. I don't usually... Map it out ahead of time. I like to draw. If I'm driving across the country, I just want to take an exit that has a weird name or something oh, yeah. like that. And yeah, you find you don't know what you're going to find. But writing the way you're describing it is. What are places in the Quad Cities you particularly want to revisit? The Figgy Figgy Museum. Oh. Tonight I'm going to the Quad City Symphony Orchestra. That was absolutely the top of my list. This is part of the reason why I chose now because I wanted to make sure I got to the symphony. Because as far as I'm concerned. 
The Quad City Symphony is the crown jewel of the art scene yeah. in the Quad Cities. And I have, I have friends of mine who are documentarians themselves, uh, Tammy and Kelly Rundle, and they have never been to this to the symphony. They've been oh. here. They've been back in the Quad Cities living for a number of years, but they said, no, we never went. I said, you've got to be kidding me. You have got to experience because because this symphony orchestra is Senka to none. Yeah. So that, uh, the Figgy, the Putnam Museum, I'm doing the whole arts tours. Um, Vandeveer Park and Conservatory, because that's where John and I were married. Oh, yeah. And it was close to where we, we lived when we were living here. And it's also near and dear to my heart, because my dad and I used to go there. And this is all part of it, too. My father passed away in May of 2020 and here, and I couldn't get here because, again, of COVID. Yeah, yeah. So that park holds a lot of memories for me, so I need to go there. Well, you know, this is airing uh, on uh, November 12th. Right. So you have, by now, you have been to the concert. (laughs) That's true. And and you'll be be heading out pretty quickly. Um, I wonder, by now, you know, once you've gone gone through a, a little more than a week here, whether or not you might feel some strong tugs to come back. What do you think? Well, I'm taking uh, advice very seriously of, of people who have been through grief yeah. and saying you need to take a year yeah. afterwards and just you know give yourself that year. Don't make any, any rash decisions or do anything yeah. until you've had the time to process it through. So to say... No, absolutely not. I'll never come back. I don't. I believe, first of all, I don't yeah. believe in ever saying never because as right. soon as you do, that comes <laughs> exactly. back and says, "Yeah, really, here you go." So it's always possible. I don't know, but I know for now, I'm planning on going back to, to Nova Scotia and reading and writing and sorting through things and seeing where my the next chapter that I'm going to write in my own life is going to take me. Well, oh, we, we wanted to schedule this and record it on the fifth. So that when it airs, you're still in town, yes. haven't quite left yeah. yet. Yeah. So if you miss Teresa Labella, you got a day or two to get hold of her. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! But this uh, I'm, six years ago, you and John were a twofer on this program, yes. and talked about his documentary work and you writing novels. But I must say, I was surprised to hear that Capital Strings had been done (laughs) and uh, that you had so quickly gotten a grip on what was going on in Canada and could write something so convincing. That's that's impressive. And a good reason to stay there for a while if if there's something about even just the move or, you know, grieving is such a weird ambush sort of it thing. Is. You just don't know your right to just take the advice of people saying, yeah. don't make take, big, take your, huge take decisions. Take your time, yes. Yeah. Well, you know, Nova Scotia is wet and cold. Uh, have you adapted to that? <laughs> it's actually not a whole lot different than here. People, yeah. people say, think well, that. Well, yeah, I guess we're wet and cold. Yeah, it <laughs> is. It really yeah. is because it's, it's temperate because of the ocean being there. So that it did, yes, we do get snow and all that sort of thing, but it doesn't stay cold like it does in the Quad Cities. Like it snows and it stays on the ground for months and then finally mm-hmm. it doesn't do that. It warms up and it, and it melts and then it comes back. So it's, it's, it's a little bit more temperate as far well, as climate. Well, the Gulf climate. Stream goes by there. Right. And that helps 
that helps warm it up. And we also get hurricanes there, too. People don't realize that. Oh, what do you yeah, mean? Yeah, you just had yeah. one. Yeah, Fiona. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, you live close to the ocean. You are subject to what the ocean wants to do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it does good things, and sometimes it does bad things. Well, at least I'm far enough in. I'm a good 45-minute drive, so it's like okay. fine. You're not, not too bad. Not right yeah. there on the cliff. Right. But uh, I still like going and, and doing, doing the adventure. You're talking about going out and driving. Yeah. I did a lot of that this summer, Good. going and exploring close to home in some beautiful places in yeah. Nova Scotia. Are you ever going to go back to romances? Oh, once again, never say never. Yeah. Probably. I can see myself writing romance again. I love I that, that you described the challenge because I think, I think that people think of writing as more planned out. And mm-hmm. most of the writers I know say, well, there wouldn't be any point in writing if we weren't discovering something That's as true. we went. You know, if you have it so locked in, um, why? Yeah, I mean, it is. It's discovery as you're as you're doing it. It um, is. And, and the stories come to you again. It's the whole, yeah. okay, which character is going to talk to me now? Yeah. Will I pick up the New Life and Love series again? Could possibly do that. And uh, I, how hard was it to get a publisher up there? Well, I have to say I was fortunate because I knew someone who had just he he'd been trying to to get a book published and he knew someone who was starting up a, a publishing company and she had published his book. So after my husband passed, I went to him and said, "Hey, do you suppose she would talk to me?" And he said, "Let me ask her." And that so so to say, most authors have a very difficult time. As a matter of fact, I tried to be, to find a publisher for years, and I said, forget it. I'm just going to publish my own stuff because I'm not getting any younger. I want to put it out there. Yeah. So I was fortunate to drop into someone who right now she has been doing publishing, but mostly of uh, nonfiction. Okay. So she was looking to find fiction authors to add to oh, her. Oh, perfect timing. Yeah. yeah. And she had published his book, which was historical fiction, and she's also publishing a uh, another book by a woman who was from Nova Scotia, moved to New York City, and is now writing, uh, I think she's writing suspense okay. and thrillers and things like that. So it was seemed like a, a logical yeah. thing to fall into, and I sent her the manuscript, and she said, okay, let's do this. I signed the contract, and I'll meet with her the day I get back. Oh, that's great. That Congratulations. Is, yeah. yeah, that is a real accomplishment. And it's true. Sometimes fate. Yes. Mm-hmm. Fate steps in and gives yep. you an opening that you didn't expect. And, yeah. and what you need is walk. Th- you got to walk through the door. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you oh, have to. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I have depended on luck all my life. <laughs> And uh, so far, I've gotten away with it, but <laughs> yep. except, except for falling. <laughs> well, now, I've been lucky there, too, really. You've got, the listeners can't see this, but you've got a little notebook open in front of you. Are, is this part of um, just creative process now that you, or have yeah, you always done well, that? I wanted to make some notes just to make sure that I hit some what, of what you wanted to. Uh, some of the things I wanted okay. to talk about. Because I was doing, I wanted to talk about the fact that I do theme yep. all of my books. Yeah. And the previous themes have been um, Love is Ageless When It's Meant to Be. That was my you know, yeah. older woman, younger man. 
Uh, new life and low is the heartland because it was new life after a loss. Yeah. Belonging, the theme was what was the title. I mean, that's what we're all doing. We're yeah. all looking for some place to belong. The Unmatchables, the first one was the Me Too movement. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Coincidentally, it was a uh, maestro conductor who went all around the world and then would lure in, you know, the starry-eyed oh, young sure. and then say, well, it's your word against mine. See you next year. So that was yeah. that. The Danger Revealed, which is the one that's going to be published, that is, is on human trafficking. Oh, okay. So then I had the gun control and then the hate speech with the political speech. So that's that's what I wrote down here to say, okay, these are the themes. Because for me, it's very important to, that, yes, yeah. have the characters talking to you, but also to have a theme so that you can hold the whole thing together. Well, uh, Teresa, I'm impressed with your industry and what you've been able to accomplish. Capital Strings is a book you ought to look for. And keep remember, Teresa Labella may be in Newfoundland, but her books will get down here, and you should take, take advantage of that. Thanks so much for taking time to visit with us. Thank yes. you for having me. I very much appreciate it. Well, you know, I appreciate you Our and treat. your work, and I appreciate the fact we've got to get out of here, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'll do it for now. I'm Don Wooten with Rebecca Wee. Uh, we invite you to join us again next week for another edition of Scribble. Scribble.